in swinger. Oh, oh and out the goal! The Republic of Ireland oh. have scored! John Egan with his first ever international goal! What a moment for Stephen Kenny! Full live commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania this Tuesday on OTB Sports Radio. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. to the Aviva Stadium live coverage of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania is coming your way fresh from Saturday's 2-2 draw against Belgium Ireland and Stephen Kenny looking to keep the run of both performances and results going before they sign off until the Nations League begins in June 53106 is the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter Joe Malloy with you here beautiful setting Aviva Stadium is looking very nice in the sunshine blue skies no wind to speak of perfect evening for football both teams are on the pitch going through their warm-ups. We have a 7.45 kickoff this evening. And just to let you know as well, a great result for the Irish under-21s as they bid to make the European Championships in Romania and Georgia in 2023. 2-0 winners away to Sweden this evening. And ahead of tonight's game, Ireland were fourth, four points behind Sweden, but with a game in hand. And now suddenly they are within one point and still obviously have a game in hand. Italy are out in front, four ahead of Ireland, but uh, second place in the group would mean a two-legged playoff, and in June, they have very winnable games against Montenegro and Bosnia-Herzegovina, and they'll play Italy as well, so Jim Crawford's side are in with a very, very good chance now of making the European Championships in Romania and Georgia next year, and that's a competitive group, by the way. Lots of teams taking points off one another. Very happy to say, Nathan Murphy is alongside me. Hello. Evening, Joe. And Stewie Byrne is with us, most importantly. Hello. Hey, Joe. Very nice evening in Dublin. It's, uh, beautiful once again. I was here on Saturday night for the Belgian game, and as Stewie remarked when he came in, you were watching it on TV, and it, it felt like a big occasion. It felt almost like a game at a major championship. Sun is shining, like watching something from the middle of June, packed house. And when Shadozi Albene scored that overhead kick, the roar, quite honestly, was the loudest roar I've heard in this stadium since Shane Long scored against Germany. That was how excitable the crowd were. In one way, it felt like a bittersweet night, considering on the Thursday night we'd watch the World Cup playoffs, a lot of teams in there that we would normally find ourselves playing in World Cup playoffs. And that Belgium game ultimately didn't mean anything. But it did mean that momentum was maintained. And that sense of connection, I think, between crowd and players feels like a, a very real thing. So Irish football right now, compared to where we were 12 months ago, is in a good place. And again, a big crowd expected tonight, nowhere near a full house for a Tuesday against Lithuania. But looking at somewhere over 25,000, which I think is a very healthy attendance. Yes, Lithuania 137th in the world. So we're expecting an Irish win this evening and Irish goals. The uh, team news is in. Number of changes, as you might expect, from Saturday. I'll tell you who's out for starters. Seamus Coleman, no surprises there. Shane Duffy, Josh Cullen, Jason Knight, James McLean, and Jeff Hendrick all drop out. Nathan, you can run us through the 11. Yeah, so Quibin Kelleher was teed up that he would start once again, and he'll win his fourth cap in the Republic of Ireland goal. Darrow Shea and Nathan Collins both come into the defence alongside John Egan, who will captain the side. It's Nathan Collins 
first start for the Republic of Ireland. Burnley spent a lot of money on him last summer. He's been in and out of their side, but you can expect him to be a first choice for Burnley next season, whether that's in the Premier League or the Championship. But a 20-year-old and a 23-year-old in the heart of the defence alongside John Egan. Matt Doherty keeps his place on the right wing. Ryan Manning gets another opportunity on that left-hand side, and it's an all-new centre midfield, so Cullen and Hendrick drop out. Connor Howrahan comes in, but Alan Brown is there as well. Alan Brown, a player who Stephen Kenny really does like, and whenever he's fit and available, is always either in the starting 11 or one of the first players off the bench, and obviously got the equaliser against Belgium on Saturday. And then the front three is going to be Shadozi Ogbene, Callum Robinson, who've both been firing in the goals for their country in recent matches, and Will Keane, who will wear the number nine jersey and lead the line for the Republic of Ireland tonight, making his first start for the country at the age of 29. He scored 19 goals in League One for Wigan this season, coming to the international stage at the latter end of his career, but we've seen a lot of Irish players do similar in recent times, and you feel he's got a little something about him that might make him an important player over the next two or three years. Yeah, got a certain skill set, size and presence on the field, and he's in the habit of scoring goals. I mean, if you're in the habit of scoring goals at any level, that's no bad thing. He's been scoring freely, as you say, for Wigan in League One, and Ogbene has shown that League One players can do a job for Stephen Kenny. Stewie Byrne, thoughts on the team? Yeah, look, no surprises, really. I think you felt that he was certainly going to make some changes. Um, I think, you know, the result on, on, on Saturday has just kind of bolstered the whole feeling at the moment in the camp and in the country with regards, you know, uh, the whole the football team, the connection between Stephen and the crowd and, uh, you know, just kind of coming off the back of what Nathan was saying about the, the atmosphere. It was, it was, it was, it's been a long time since you, you feel like you've, you've, you've you felt an experience like that um, as, as an Irish supporter so it's all good Joe it's all really good and it's really important that they maintain that momentum I'm sure Stephen will um, you know will certainly have a um, push that point home to his, to his players but look, opportunities here for, for a couple of players maybe to kind of stake a claim um, I think it's vital uh, to that central midfield position that there's a, an element of um, consistency there between Hurahan and Brown. It's the one thing I'm a little bit worried about with the team because I like, I do like Brown. I think he has that ability to get goals from midfield. Well, he's proven he's got that ability to get goals from midfield uh, and important goals as well. You know, he has that that sort of timing in the midfield that he can kind of drift into into the box at the right time in the right place. And um, so he'll look to get on from midfield. The worry I would have is with Hurahan. I think if, there was, if I was to be a little bit critical of Hurahan in the past, I think he's a wonderful technical player and I like a lot about him. The fact that he's even left foot. I think gives us another option it's his discipline worries me a little bit he tends to drift and he can find himself a little bit out of position sometimes and the fact that Cullen has sewn down that role along with Hendrick only proves that maybe Hurahan has fell down the pecking order a little bit and he's got a chance now to kind of maybe say to Stephen Kenny do you know what I'm not going away well I think it underlines again that the one position in this side where Stephen Kenny maybe lacks a bit of depth is that Josh Cullen spot everywhere else Stephen Kenny has depth and when we say depth we mean Actually, one player goes in, the next player drops out, and there's not a huge difference in terms of quality. Yes, in terms of experience at the back, with Nathan Collins and Darrow Shea coming in for Seamus Coleman and Shane Duffy. But these guys, you wouldn't be in any way surprised by the time Ireland get to your 24, and hopefully are at your 24, if they were starting centre-backs. And maybe Androma Bamatele in there as well. Likewise, in the attacking positions, there's several players who can step in and are all playing at a similar level. Cullen is the one that in terms of the way he can control a game and has really learned that position under Stephen Kenny and what he has to do to protect the back three and how he has to knit everything together. 
is there a like-for-like -like replacement? Right now, it doesn't feel like it. Connor Coventry is probably next in line for that role, but isn't quite at this level yet. Howerhan is neat and tidy and unfriendly and expect him to be able to get on the ball. But I, I think we've seen over the last year, 18 months, that Kenny probably doesn't trust Howerhan to start the big games in the midfield alongside Hendrick anymore. There'll always need to be a Cullen tight. Let, let me add to that, Nathan, because I feel with Howerhan, he's so technically good. Like, when this guy can literally put a ball on a sixpence from, you know, 70 yards, you know, he's got that real technical ability. I think he's so good at that that I, 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 what I would imagine would have happened under Stephen. Stephen would have had a word and said, I need you to be that player. Get on the ball, get us ticking, you know, move the ball, diagonals, all that kind of stuff. And I think what would have happened to a Hurahan is because he's so technically good and because he can deliver that sort of that 70 diagonal pass, he might have been a little bit guilty in his time when he was starting of, of overdoing it, you know, looking to do that wonder pass all the time. And when Cullen came in and really sold down that position, he's neat and tidy. He can go short, he can go long, he can mix it up. He moves the ball quick. I think Hurahan may have had the chance to look at look at Cullen and, and Stephen may well have pulled him aside and said that's what he needs to do if you're playing yeah. and it could well be to his advantage to Huron's advantage that he's had an opportunity to have a look and, at Cullen and says you know what I know what I need to do now yes great point Cullen on the ball is really excellent and he's grown into the position and even Matt Holland was on our AM show during the week and he was making the point that a turning point against Belgium was that Egan and Coleman felt comfortable enough to step into midfield and press up and nip a ball. And he said one of the reasons, obviously having three centre-half cells, but one of the reasons they felt comfortable to take a chance and try and step in front of a man and, and nip a ball is that Cullen is so disciplined and was there should things go wrong. And these are all the important aspects. I mean, if you don't have Cullen there, then maybe Egan can't step into midfield and nick a ball the way he did. So that's the importance of that role and feeds into a number of areas. And we'll see what Heron does. I'm sure Keith Andrews and Stephen Kenny have made these points to him. It's not. There's no obvious reason why he shouldn't be able to do it. It's an issue of discipline. Yeah, I think it's part of his personality, Joe. Uh, this is Josh Cullen I'm talking about. He's um, <laughs> he's a diligent type, he's a, isn't he's he? A, well, he's a natural carer. He, he, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, like, he, he looks, he, he constantly plays the game looking over his shoulder. Yeah. I don't mean looking forward, but looking over his shoulder as if to say, "Are you guys all right? Yeah. Do you need me to do something?" Like you know, he's a natural carer. So, and I, I suppose another way of saying it is he's a natural warrior, but maybe in a in a positive way. So when he sees, you know, one of his centre halves maybe saying, "You know, what, I'm going to step in here." That natural part of his personality says, "I'll mind the house. Yeah. I'll mind the house." And that's what that's what Hurahan likes. Were you a carer? It was a car, yeah. It still continues to be a car. Are you all right, Joe? <laughs> Do you not remember what Ross and Friends called it? Unagi. <laughs> Sense danger before it happens. <laughs> well, we'll see how Heron goes. I mean, I suppose as well against the 137th best team in the world, it's unlikely to be too difficult tonight at the office for the Irish defence. They generally play a 4-4-1-1. They did win on Friday, by the way, Lithuania, but it was against San Marino, who are 210th in the world. They lost all bar one of their World Cup qualifiers. They did have a 3-1 win over Bulgaria which is not too shabby against Northern Ireland for instance to give you a sense of their level they did go to Belfast and uh, hung on for a 1-0 defeat if that's not too ne negative a way of putting it so they can frustrate the opposition and I suppose what we're looking here from an Irish point of view Nathan is more of what we saw against Qatar in Dublin that 4-0 win where Ireland were comfortable with the favourites tag and really started to express themselves enjoy themselves and, and break down two stubborn lines of four uh, not something Ireland traditionally always do that well. 
play with energy right from the start, which can be a difficult thing in a stadium that's missing 15, 20,000 people on a match that doesn't only matter after all the hype and anticipation around the Belgian game. So getting players on the ball, taking chances. It was refreshing against Qatar that hit Callum Robinson that night. It was taking shots from distance. Actually, you're playing, as you say, a team who is ranked well below you or in League C who are, despite the last time they came to Dublin getting a scoreless draw 25 years ago, were, you know, amongst the minnows now, as much as there are minnows left in European football, they'll be well-organised, diligent, all of those things. But actually, if you don't get a goal in the first 10 minutes, just keep doing the right thing. Keep pressing forward and having Ogbena and Robinson in there as that continuation, I think, the system hasn't changed. The system won't change. Even though there's a little bit of rotation, the players have played this for a year now. Yeah. So they know it inside out. And every training session, I'm sure, is geared toward this 3-4-3. They're not going to change it regardless of what happens over the coming years. So there shouldn't be any great difference between this match and the Qatar match. And another opportunity again to score some goals and to build momentum ahead of June and whatever comes in June. Because obviously right now we don't know what the Nations League the makeup of that is going to be whether Ukraine will be able to play games whether they're postponed whether they ever happen at all but the key for Ireland is to go into that in the best possible shape because I do believe that if Ireland win that Nations League group that Stephen Kenny's future is set in stone not just to 24 but maybe even towards job, job 2026 for life. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that, that's how important that is but tonight's the sort of night again where you want to show people come to a friendly because you're going to be entertained you're going to see goals you're going to see good attacking football and a real opportunity as well to see Darrow Shea and Nathan Collins Darrow Shea obviously had that horrible injury at the beginning of the season great to see him back before the season has come to an end it does look of the three that O'Shea is probably ahead of Collins and Omar Bamadele for Stephen Kenny if there's one spot but like what options to have O'Shea at 23 Collins at 20 Omar Bamadele at 19 is the next in line yeah so, yeah, in that position, geez, we couldn't be better stopped. Just a few things on Lithuania. I mean, um, uh, you know, you know, they turned over Bulgaria uh, 3-1 in October last year. And I think, I think we would have taken that uh, in October last year. So always technically good, especially, you know, the, 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 those um, ex-Soviet block teams, always technically good sides. And do not underestimate the emotion and the, the, the mood of the Lithuanian team and people at the moment when you consider the, the circumstances that are going on in Ukraine I think and I know not, not to get off topic but I would I, knowing Stephen the way I used to know him they would be very much on his mind he likes to bring in social issues he likes to connect football with what's going on in the world and he will be telling the Irish team respect these guys do not underestimate them and do not underestimate what they're, what they're capable of doing at this considerable moment in time. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break. Richie McCormack's going to join us and run us through the day's sport in just a moment. The team news again, in case you're coming to us late. Cuevin Keller starts in goal, as he did on Saturday. Darrow Shea, back from that fractured, fractured ankle away to Portugal. It was a horrible injury, so it's great to see him back. Darrow Shea is back. Nathan Collins is in. And John Egan, who's been so good of late, uh, continues as one of those three centre-halves. Matt Doherty is right wing back. We have QPR's Ryan Manning then at left wing back. 36 appearances for Swansea in the championship this season, so he gets his opportunity tonight. Connor Harrahan and Alan Brown at midfield two. And then we have Ogbonne continuing in the side. Robinson continues in the side. And Will Keane, who has scored 20 goals this season for Wigan in League One, leads the line. We'll take a short break. More from the Aviva to come. The News Round on Off The Ball. 
with Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Now you're welcome back to the Aviva Stadium. We are building up to live coverage of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania here at the Aviva Stadium. The Irish team, if you're just tuning in, Cuevin Kelleher continues in goal. Darrow Shea back from his dreadful injury against Portugal starts, as does Nathan Collins and John Egan, who's been so impressive of late. Matt Doherty, right wing back. Ryan Manning of Swansea is left wing back. Connor Harron and Alan Brown go on the field. Ogbené continues, Callum Robinson continues and Will Keane leads the line. Richie McCormack is with us to run us through the day's other news. Richie. How are you, Joe? Yeah, the Ireland under-21s, as you mentioned there at the top of the show, have given their hopes of European Championship qualification a massive boost. Ross Tierney and Tyree Greich both found the net in a 2-0 win away to Sweden. Ireland are now third in the group, a point behind the Swedes, but with the game in hand. Italy topped the group on 17 points, following a 1-0 win at home to Bosnia-Herzegovina. Ireland have two home games to come next against the Bosnians and then Montenegro. Ireland's under-17s, though, will miss this summer's European Championships in Israel. They finished bottom of their league qualifying group following a 2-2 draw with Bulgaria. The under-19s will look to end their campaign on a high this evening as they play Armenia at St. George's Park. Kickoff there is at half past seven. Uh, but the Ireland women's under-17s hopes of qualifying for the European Championships ended today with a 4-1 defeat to Iceland in Tala. Two more European places at the World Cup Finals will be decided tonight after shocking Italy on Thursday. North Macedonia are in Oporto try and spoil Portugal's party elsewhere Poland plays Sweden for a place in Friday's draw they're into the second half in two of tonight's African playoff second legs it is currently Nigeria 1 uh, Ghana 1 approaching the hour mark in that one uh, is currently 1-1 on aggregate but Thomas Party's away goal away goal still counting in these playoffs could be enough to see Ghana through to Qatar and good news as well for Chris Hewton. While in Dakar, it remains Senegal 1, Egypt 0, Boulay Diaz goal making it 1-1 on aggregate. Tonight's other second legs all kick off at half past eight. Algeria hosting a 1-0 first leg lead over Cameroon going into tonight's game in Blida. Morocco and Democratic Republic of Congo resume level at a goal apiece, while Tunisia hold a 1-0 lead over Mali ahead of their second leg in Tunis. Okay, so that's the football this evening. We will keep you updated accordingly. Now, Austin Gleeson won't be involved Saturday. Is that what we're hearing? Yeah, he won't be involved for Waterford Austin Gleeson for Saturday's Allianz Hurling League final with Cork. Gleeson was sent off in last weekend's semi-final win over Wexford for an altercation with Simon Donahoe. But after reviewing footage of the incident, Waterford management have decided against an appeal. While France have recalled two experienced players ahead of Saturday's Women's Six Nations meeting with Ireland, second row Safi Ndai can add to her 84 caps in Toulouse. While Toulouse prop Miley's Traore is also back in, replacing the injured Alana Brosseau. And as expected, Damien Delende is leaving Munster at the end of this season. Springbok has quashed rumours, though, that he'll follow Johan van Graan to Bath by saying his next move will not be to another European club. Munster have already signed Malachi Fetitoa as Delende's replacement. We're uh, here at the Aviva Stadium. Richie's bringing us up to speed on everything going on. Richie, do you consider it a good sign or a bad sign if in the pre-match warm-up a team is scoring all their uh, warm-up shots or missing them? <laughs> um, seeing as I can't see the pictures, I'm going to say it's absolutely fine and they're just uh, keeping their powder dry for the 90 minutes and waiting for the referee's whistle. Uh, who's that bad? 
I mean, they really are keeping their powder dry. They're refusing to hit the target or score a single goal in the warm-up Ireland. So. James McLean just had to apologise to some of the supporters behind the goal <laughs> who were giving him abuse. Maybe they're like Michael Owen, who said that if Michael Owen missed all of his warm-up shots, he thought, brilliant, he got all my bad shots out of the way. If he scored all his warm-up shots, he thought, brilliant, I'm in the form of my life. Yeah. That's the mentality these, these guys need. He took confidence dangerously close to arrogance, I would say, Michael Owen. Uh, oh, nonetheless, it worked for him. <laughs> so, news on Connacht then? Yeah, Connacht will welcome back to Ireland International's Mac Hansen and Finley Bealham to their side for Saturday's URC game away to Benetton. Both were rested for last week's defeat to Leinster. Gavin Thornbury could play his first game since May, returning from injury in the second row, while Bundyaki won't return until the Heineken Champions Cup games with Leinster and prop Dennis Buckley is going to miss this weekend's trip to Italy. He has a calf injury. Now, the Everton situation obviously is complicated just now. Yeah, and uh, not that great uh, despite their protestations to the contrary tonight. Everton have announced a loss of more than £100 million for the third successive season, but they're going to avoid sanctions. Pant. Figures show a deficit of nearly £121 million for the year to the end of June. However, they won't be held in breach of Premier League sustainability rules. Budget and transfer restrictions could be imposed, but it's not thought there will be any punishment because of the extenuating circumstances of the COVID outbreak. Despite the losses, Everton say they remain in a secure financial position. Once again, the placing of your next story is questionable. Why it wasn't top of the running order, I don't know. Continue. Uh, yeah, Tiger Woods has added further fuel to speculation that he'll play at the Masters next week. The five-time winner of the Green Jacket has arrived at Augusta National. He's playing a practice round today. Woods, of course, hasn't played competitively since suffering multiple serious injuries in a car crash all of 13 months ago. Nathan Murphy, Tiger Woods at the Masters 2022. Did I spend an hour of my afternoon looking at Flight Radar 24 at Tiger Woods' private jet as it left Orlando and flew up towards Augusta? What's his jet called, by the way? The yacht's called Privacy, which isn't very subtle. No, I, I don't I don't know if he's uh, named his private jet. Is that the done thing? I don't know. It's got a TW in the initials, though, which gives it away straight away where yeah. he's going. I, I, I'm a little bit shocked by this, that it has come around so quickly that he is preparing to go and play at the Masters, the biggest golfing event of the year, with no warm-up tournament, with no public prep, whatsoever like he is putting it all out there but that has never seemed to bother Tiger Woods he has played consistently at times over the last decade while injured he has pulled out of tournaments after one round after two rounds he has been unable to bend down and pick up a tee he's been in car parks putting his bag into his car after 14 holes so that humiliating side of it doesn't seem to bother Tiger Woods when he's injured he seems to believe if I rock up Sometimes it'll just click, and maybe Augusta National is a place he knows so well yeah. that he can get around there without putting his body through undue stress. But the last public sighting was about a fortnight ago at his induction to the World Golf Hall of Fame, and it is Tiger, and we read into absolutely everything, but he looked like a 70-year-old man walking into that event. Oh, the limp. He was limping. Didn't look like a man who was about to play Augusta, that's for sure. Uh, the word seems to be he's going to assess how the practice round went today and he has to make his decision on Friday. But it's extraordinary that out of nowhere we're 
at this point. So that's Tiger. Uh, Richie, news on Champions League places? Yeah, N517TW, if anybody else is looking out for Tiger Woods' uh, reg on his Gulfstream 5 uh, from 2008. So he's not even got a new Gulfstream for Tiger Woods. That's how badly off he is. Uh, it's been confirmed finally that from 2024, two places in the Champions League will go to teams that haven't directly qualified. That season, we'll see the competition swell from 32 to 36 teams with the group phase played in a so-called Swiss format. Two spots in the group phase will go to teams who finish outside the regular Champions League places but will be judged by their coefficient over the previous five seasons. Very few things worse than the Swiss format, Richie. So that's where we are. Uh, it's like 2024 is going to be the ruination of the Champions League. You heard it here first. Yeah. Karen finally wants to know, what does Richie make of the Aviva playlist? I was disturbed by the uh, horrible uh, remix of Rooters' Tell Me Something Good when you first came on air there, which is just appalling. And since then, it hasn't improved, if we're being honest. It hasn't improved. I know of a decent uh, part-time DJ, if you want to give me a call, uh, who well, might be able to improve things. We were saying Stewie Byrne to play a few acoustic numbers would help build 100%. the atmosphere. 100%. I don't Nicely. understand yeah. it. I do not understand it. And I know a conversation has gone on about the atmosphere around rugby matches. But this is not atmosphere pre-match. No. We cover Premier League all the time and if you go to Anfield they have music playing for the hour before the match but it's at a level that you can talk to the person beside you and obviously we're looking at it from a radio point of view and I'm sure for people listening at home it's absolutely banging out there but if you're trying to have a conversation even here with the person beside you you can't you no. can barely hear them there's no need if you want to play the final song if you want to play it, put them under pressure three minutes beforehand at full blast do it but having this going for 90 minutes isn't adding to anybody's evening totally agree it's idiotic I don't know. I don't know what. How it, it's a lack of almost confidence in the crowd to generate something themselves. Well, what what do you need? I, I what, don't know. What do you need? I don't know. And even if they don't generate something magical, just let them enjoy their evening but and talk to the person next to them. Is is Will Keane going to come out and go full? I'll tell you, I wasn't feeling it. But then I heard levitating by Dua Lipa, and then then I re- realised what it meant to represent Ireland for the first time. Yeah, we're Irish. We don't give out about things enough. We need to start giving out about it. Yeah. Have well, a word. Let's never lose our perspective, fellas, whatever we do in life. Three outlads. problems, that really? Very loud, though, isn't it? Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> Richie, thanks very much. Nice and